Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here on a Sunday night, Boxhead to preview... The first of three State of Origins, a big one this year, and obviously the relocation to North Queensland, making it even bigger for New South Wales, having to go back-to-back in Queensland. Yeah, well, you go back to Game 3 last year, and then Game 1 and Game 2 this year are going to be in Queensland. So, yeah. There we go. We're off the back of the shortened NRL round this weekend. We'll have a a quick run through that once we do our in-depth Origin Game one preview, but uh, I think there wasn't really any surprises through the weekend, I guess. Um, bookies had Penrith still as heavy favourites with a lot of those players out. I, I tipped the Tigers, but like you just see the difference there when you take out eight players from a team. Yeah. Seven guys playing Origin, one suspended. Um, the lack of cohesion and having a lot of first gamers in there. The Dragons-Broncos game, I expected to be a little bit closer. Uh, the Dragons ended up blowing them off the park. Storm Titans was closer than I expected. I must admit. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be closer than what, what the odds suggested. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't expect the Titans to go close to winning. I think the disappointing thing probably, again, well, again from your perspective, or probably Holbrooks as well, that defensive effort without their three best players, and where's that been the last few weeks? Yeah, that's right. So if they could have brought that while they had Tino, uh, AJ, and Moyaki, obviously, and Fafita all on the field, and be uh, a much better chance of winning some games, but... The one today, Newcastle, missing majority of their forward pack, still got injuries. Ponga, Pierce, just blown away by a Parramatta side who were lucky enough to get Reed Marnie back, who now may have sustained a, a major injury at Pecker or Bicep. No, they're saying it's shoulder. Oh, there you go. So, so only... scans, obviously, we're not going to know anything until he gets a scan, but. Nah, but the only. Not, not thinking he's going to be going back up into Origin camp. Nah, only player they were missing, obviously, was Paulo, and it showed uh, Newcastle. Sort of in the mix, I guess, for about 15, 20 minutes. But the game turned on an absolute bloodbath. They got pulled apart. Yeah, it's got bashed. So, moving on from that one, we are analysing Game 1 of State of Origin, New South Wales versus Queensland, going through the lineups as we did the other day. At fullback for Queensland, Valentine Holmes on the wing, Xavier Coates, and now Kyle Felt after the reshuffle with Ponga pulling out. The centres, Kirk Capewell, Dane Gagai uh, in the halves, You've obviously got Daly Cherry Evans and Munster, the two mainstays long-term. The front row, Christian Welch, Tenno Fasula Malaawi, and Harry Grant is the nine. The back row, Felice Kafusi, David Fafita, and at lock, Jai Arrow. And the bench now, Jaden Sua. You've obviously got Big Mo from the Titans, Moyaki Fotuaka, Joe Offerhand Giawi, AJ Brimson still under a cloud, but assuming he will be the utility, and with those injuries and changes, Reid Marnie being released from camp, obviously Ponga being out, they now only have an 18th man in Cohen Hess. There you go, yeah. It, it, yeah, well, it's going to be really interesting if 
AJ Brimson gets ruled out. Well, that's the thing. You look at it now and go, if something happens, where's the cover? They've got no cover at all. Not um, that I think they need it. I, you know, I said it on last week's show that I'm not overly sold on the the use of the 14. I think if you've got a purpose-built player and someone that you think can add value, but Brimson, to me, I, I, what are they going to play him at lock? Where, the, are they, where are they going to put him on? I said sip as much the other week. With the way the rules were going, I think it's more feasible now. You can throw a spark plug out there. Like they used to throw Morgan out because he was, you know, basically an extra forward because he weighed a hundred plus kilos. Brimson's obviously not that guy. Jack Whiten's obviously that big body on the other side. If you want to just throw him out there to try and get some sort of spark or an impact, but um, offhand Gowie was still probably the one I was more surprised about. Between him and Hess, they both can play. Middle or an edge. Sewer can play middle or an edge. You know Maliaki's purely going to play middle. Um, but I guess we'll start with Queensland's strengths, weaknesses, thoughts on their team. I think probably the real big thing for me, just talking about that again and what's going to be happening on the bench, they're starting forward pack, and in particular they're starting middles. I think they need to do particularly well when they've got Welch and Tino on the field along with Ara. Because when Maliaki comes on, I know he's a good footballer, but still very, very young Still very, very raw in this sort of arena. Offhand Gowie's few games in club form, still up and down. Sewer this year's been a bit up and down. And again, playing in the middle, playing on an edge. I just I think their bench rotation as compared to what they get from their starters. Tino last year showed how much he reveled in this arena. He was one of their best last year. Christian Welch just grew an extra leg last year and this year is a leading offloader in the NRL. I think those two are critical in getting going, getting them into the contest and unleashing Harry Grant, who obviously is another key player for them to get rolling early because he hasn't played football in over a month. Um, Arrow's also there, so they've got very, very good leg speed, footwork, and some offloading ability through the middle third of the field. Um, you look across the park, I guess the biggest upside is their halves. They've got Munster. Yeah, the halves and hooker. But to me, the two that just look like absolute standouts compared to what New South Wales are offering in terms of previous origin experience and Club form. I think if you're going on club form, then the Luai Cleary pairing looks good. But, you know, you look at Harry Grant, I know he hasn't played in a while, but I look at that 9 6 7 for, uh, for Queensland and go, you know, wow. Holmes at one. I'm, you know, has he really nailed down the one position at club? Probably not. So I'm not, you know, he doesn't strike a lot of fear in me at one. Uh, I. Personally, I probably would have gone Brimson. I think Brimson's probably offered more at one for the Titans of what what uh, Holmes has for the Cowboys, but that's just more humble. Uh, but yeah, for me, Queensland's nine six seven. It concerns me as a New South Wales fan. They're they're going to yeah. be super dangerous. They've done it. And this like you said, if they can, those middles can dominate and get them some momentum. We're going to see some uh, some good footy out of those three players. Mm. In particular, like I said, it needs to happen with the starters because I look at the bench and think those periods when they get those guys on, it's going to be more of a maintained period maybe. Well, it'll be how the how the unit changes. Yeah. You don't really want to have the whole bench on at the one time. No, you're 100% correct. And I, I guess just how they manage their way through those periods, but I assume the rules as well. We, we don't really know how it's going to play out. We've seen the last few weeks we've gone from just ridiculous speed fatigue all these play the balls and probably not being able to maintain your middles and having to monitor things a little bit more in that situation but now with the interpretations the way things are getting penalised all the stoppages it'll probably 
help Queensland in that regard, not having to worry as much about your rotations. You'll probably get more out of Tino and Welch and I think it was only confirmed today by the referee because a lot of people have been questioning back and forth and I don't know why they're surprised. Will there be any leniency or difference in interpretation as we've seen in the past in Origin, which there was a firm no. And with the way yeah, they've started we'll to interpretate see. things. You we'll know. see. Oh, I know we'll see, but if, if they're going to go the way they are, penalties have almost doubled or tripled. They wanted to get rid of penalties and get six agains going to get flow going and now we've done the complete opposite. So that knock-on effect is starting to come in and... I think we saw it in the Panthers game on the weekend. There was like 18 penalties in that game. There was a lot of stoppages. Mm. There was a lot of backtracking, and it's starting to help teams again, in all honesty. It's, it's ruining the flow for some teams, but for other teams that want to make it a bit messy, want to make it a bit ugly and get a bit of a, a break, if, if those interpretations are carried into the Origin arena and we do see stoppages or that sort of game, it's definitely going to help in regards to the way they manage their middles and their bench. But, um, yeah, no doubt those guys need to get going early. Harry opening things up, probing around the ruck, opening up the spaces, getting guys moving onto the ball. The halves, Munster just had a field day last year. And the scary part is, hungover. He <laughs> just rolls in, plays the way he does. Game two, he gets knocked out. And then in game three, he just ran amok. Mm. Every time he got the football. I've said it before on here as a Melbourne fan, how frustrating it is because in my eyes, I can't think of a finals game in particular in the last couple of years when we've won competitions or been in grand finals where he's played like that for Melbourne. Yeah. But when he plays for Queensland, he just goes absolutely next level. The best game you ever played for Melbourne in a final was probably the first ever game that you took me to. The year we were written off against the Roosters in 1v4 and he played fullback. Mm. Uh, other than that, the grand final run last year was off an injury and was quiet. In the grand final, he was quiet. The 2018 grand final, he got put in the bin twice in the game. Didn't have a great final series. Like, But at this level, when he puts a Maroon jersey on, he just goes next level. So he's going to be a constant threat and... I guess talking about his edge now, that is the danger edge. You've got David Fafita, Munster, Gagai, who again, puts every time he puts on a Maroon jersey, he goes to another level. Assuming Felt's going to be on the outside of him. Good try, scorer. Solid yard is a good kick target. Um, but it's a concern for me when you've got Murray, who I know defended well at club football in any position he's sort of been put in, but you've got a guy that generally defends as a middle with Cleary, with Tom, who also the last time played with James Roberts had some disconnect. Being a fullback, that's my other concern with Luttrell as well, even though he's played there a bit. Just guys that don't defend in the front line all the time and getting that connection on those edges and what they're coming up against, Munster, Gagai, Fafita. If, if they get disconnected or if they get a bit of a roll on and get to the edges with some early ball and try and isolate those guys, I'll be very interested to see the connection in particular between the centre and the winger and Tom and Toto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Two fullbacks defending the centres. It's going to be... Going to be a test, absolutely, mm. and that's you know my concern. And for long-term listeners of the podcast, you know, you know, my thoughts around playing guys out of position in these big games, I don't particularly like it, um, but I can live with it. I think Tom's played well uh, one time previously in the centres for New South Wales. Latrell obviously has a a bit of an NRL history playing centre, so mm. recent history playing centre. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're you're right though. Yeah, if you're coaching against it, you're certainly going to try and put some strain on that and and see how uh, see whether you can produce some early results mm. and and dent their confidence. That's for sure. Well, just like you say, if you're not there every single week, you can get a bit trigger happy. So some guys can hesitate, some can jump in. The last time we had Jet and Tom there playing together, he tended to come in a bit hard or they were a bit disconnected. So I'll be interested to see how that works out. I'm I'm more confident with Murray and Cleary together that they'll be able to sort of hold things together that edge, but they're going to need inside help. Their middles are going to need to work across and give some help because that edge 
with Fafita, Munster, Gagai in particular, is very, very dangerous. Mm. And when they do get a roll on, I assume that's where most of the traffic's going to go. On the flip side, I'm really, really happy it's not the other edge that they're going out with Sims, Luai, Luttrell and Fox. Because yeah. Luttrell, as we've seen in the past, same deal. Can have his moments defensively. Luai is someone I definitely think you can get at. You saw that Melbourne tried to do it a couple of times last year. He's tackle efficiency has gone up this year significantly but Sims is definitely going to have to be a bit of a bodyguard and I assume there'll be as much traffic go his way with Felice Kafusi, who's just a bully and a veteran in this arena Cherry Evans I'm sure will play short plenty and get it him Katewell uh, obviously last year put there surprised a lot of people but absolutely Bath Gutherson I don't think that's going to be the case against Latrell, who's much more physical and much more stronger but I think Katewell surprised a lot of people so again uh, can't be taken for granted um, in that sense. But, yeah, I think that the left-hand side up against that right-hand side is probably the one I'm more looking at thinking they're going to have a lot more love. Another thing for me, talking about that bench in the middle rotation, I don't know if you agree. I think the one thing they've done well and they, they continue to do well is just front-load their efforts like in halves and early in the game defensively, kicking early, pinning us in yardage. And with being a little bit lighter on the bench, I think that's something they definitely have to do against New South Wales. Yeah, particularly like you said before, with the with a perceived advantage for New South Wales yeah, on the bench. Perceived. We'll see how that pans out. But yep. Origin's going to be all about front loading. Front loading your first two tackles when you're defending. Front loading your first two tackles when you're attacking because it's going to come down to rock momentum. Mm. Essentially, it's so often that that's it'll just become one of those... just that that backyard footy style game until you get a line break or you get an offload, and, and then that's when you're going to see defences break down. I, it, it'll just be interesting to see how the interpretations and the refereeing, yeah. how that, that that's certainly going to dictate the style of game that we're going to see. Yeah. You know, is it going to be consistent stoppages with penalties and indiscretions and six agains, et cetera, et cetera? Or are, we, are they going to put the whistles away? And allow it to be that origin style game, I guess, where they'll they'll let some of those minor things probably slide, which is you know the type of game that I, I personally want to see. But we'll just see how it, it pans out, and both sides are going to have to be agile and and be ready to adapt to whatever style the referees adopt, because they can say whatever they want the referees in terms of what they're actually going to do. But you're never really going to know until they hit the field. We've we've seen that before in Origin. You know, referees or, or styles of games, the way that games have been refereed changed throughout a series. So, uh, but Peter Philandis, I guess, will be pretty firm in that he'll want to uh, see some consistency around those rules and their application in, you know, the, the Origin Arena. Yeah. I think, obviously, we know Cherry Evans is going to be the predominant kicker. Munster does some uh, attacking kicks, mostly bomb, not big on the short kicks. Harry Grant hasn't been a big part of his game or something we've seen so far, so expecting Cherry Evans. But in particular, uh, like I said, those early kicks, it's just something that they've understood so much better in the time that I've sort of watched Origin or I've been alive and we've gone to games that they just tend to get in the cycle a bit more. They tend to be more aggressive. They tend to show more effort, like we said, in front-loading and getting down and just getting in that dirty period there and starting to control field position, etc. So expect nothing less again. And, I guess the other thing, kicking options or kick targets, it's been talked about a lot and in the lead-in. It more surprised me, you know, bomb Toto, bomb Toto, he's short. It's like, Addo Carr's one centimetre taller than him. And Addo Carr's been picked on at times as well with the kick target. 
the one upside we do have here, and we have an answer for it, if you're that worried about it, especially in the attacking zone where Queensland have an opportunity to put a crossfield kick, the downside of obviously having two centres, again, like I said, that may, you know, be a bit indifferent at times about their decisions, and hopefully they aren't defensively, we have two guys that are outstanding out of the high ball. So if you're that worried about having Xavier Coates per se marched up on Fox on that side of the field or Toto against Felt, who's a hell of a leaper, play four, it wouldn't be too hard to swap those two guys with Luttrell or Tom Tabrovich and get a matchup that's favourable if we're worried about attacking kicks from Queensland. I'm sure they'll try it out at some period. I don't know if that's something they talk about in camp, but if you're worried about that perceived uh, disadvantage with attacking kicks and those two guys there, you've got two great options on the inside that you could easily swap over a play early. If need be. Mm-hmm. But I have no doubt they'll probably try their luck having two guys there that are obviously... Yeah, you want your two catchers catching. Yeah, I get that. But if it ever got to a point there where we're under pressure, it wasn't really panning out. We've got two outstanding options there where we could have swap if need be. I'll be interested to see how that pans out. But the, all the talk around Toto and he's so short, this, that, and the other, like he's one centimetre shorter than Addo Carr. Mm-hmm. So the only real game this year they talked about when they played Brisbane still ran for 200 plus metres and Coates tried to jump over him a few times. I still can't remember Coates scoring or, you know, maybe there was a few ugly contests there, but he didn't give one up. So yeah. um, all in all, most of the games that he plays, even when they do kick to him, I, I think if anything, kick-wise, not just on that thing you want to do, I think if you're going to isolate someone from a yardage carry, Toto's the one I'm probably going to bomb to. I want Addo Carr taking the first carry. Yeah, I was bombed off dummy half. Right. It's a bit overrated, I think. You know, if you're a winger and you're playing at the NRL level, you need to know how to catch. So I... I don't think it's going to be an issue. No. You can talk about this Coates stuff all you want. He's going to be taller than the majority of wingers he plays against. He's probably the tallest winger in the game. So, you know, if he's if he's going to jump against Turbo or Latrell, he's going to be taller than them as well. So he's still going to have that height advantage, that, that jumping advantage. So I had a look the other day. It's a bit overrated. Like, how many tries has he scored off kicks this year in the NRL? Off, I wouldn't imagine it would be... Off straight-up bomb contests in the yeah. air, not many. I think they've kicked for him a few times I think the, the game's run. sort of gone away from that a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he's done as much in that regard as what has been spoken about. Um, I think the other thing you brought up before, I think the one interesting thing, the six, seven, nine, I think is going to be outstanding. I'll be interested to see Val Holmes' contribution to the ball-playing side of things. He's He's got a pass, but I dare say you'd agree with me in the fact that if Ponga was healthy, I'd be even more intimidated about that left-hand side because he loves sweeping to that side of the field. He's got a better passing game. He's a bit more dangerous. In that regard, I think Holmes, you got more that running threat and you'll see him pushing up through the middle of the field and sweep around it. He's got better in that area, but I'll just be interested to see how much he's utilised in that sort of sense and how he plays with the two halves. Yeah, it will be interesting. But um, yeah, obviously, the other thing, obviously, I thought they would have went with the two nines. We know they're not going to now, but Harry and all the talk was he's the second fittest at Melbourne, this, that and the other, but it's still a big turnaround, not playing for almost a month to going into what is perceived 80 minutes of origin, we're yeah. guessing. That's a big ask. Huge. So that's definitely something uh, I look for New South Wales on that side of things. But yeah, I guess finishing off on the Queensland side of things, interested as well with that bench that we've already talked about and the key players or or the most key moments there, I think, are those two halves. Regardless of what we talked about, missing Collins, Papali, their options, lighter on. I I had no surprises realistically in who they selected. A couple of the guys on the bench that may be questionable. We know what happens when guys put on a Queensland jersey. They usually exceed expectation, but I think their 1-13 to 13 is very good. I think they've got a really good start and pack. They're mobile, they're aggressive, 9-6-7. and seven. The 6-7 and seven in particular, like we said, have had success before, good kicking game, and then you've got the guy in Munster that's just that X-factor, that game-breaker. Mm. And, yeah, I'll be interested to see uh, 
how they start and if they can get that momentum going and have a crack at those edges early in particular and test out the connections, having two guys that don't defend in the front line and a back rower that obviously generally defends in the middle, etc. And middle, I have no doubt that Cook will be the target. Cook gets through plenty of work, but I wouldn't say he's the most dominant tackle. He has that sort of sideways turn technique where he catches and he's going to need help. And um, I definitely think, you know, Jake, Safidi, Yo are going to be busy in the early stages up against... Tino, Welch, Arrow, etc., trying to help out there. and yeah. um, Safidi as well, obviously, probably not the best lateral mover, but he's got a great carry, so no doubt they'll certainly try to work over that middle early. They've probably got a bit more of a mobility advantage in terms of their two props as opposed to, say, Jake and a Safidi as well. Yeah, um, But New South Wales, that lineup, as we said the other day, James Tedesco at fullback, no surprise there, on the wings, Josh Adokar, Brian Toto. Tom Travojevic in the centres with Latrell, Mitchell, the halves, the Panthers boys, Jerome Luai, and Nathan Cleary. The front row, Jake Travojevic, Daniel Safidi, the hooker, is Damian Cook. The back row is Tarek Sims, Cameron Murray, Locke, Yo, and on the bench, Jack Whiten, Payne Haas, Junior Paulo, and Liam Martin. And the 18th man, Api Corusau, they obviously took in Campbell Graham and Keon Kolomatungi off the bye um, in those two spots, but realistically, Api's your 18th. Um... Bench options straight away is the one thing that stood out to me. And again, last year we got bullied in that area, so hopefully that isn't the case because perceivably, again, like you said last year, we had an advantage in that regard and our rotation, etc. and it didn't pan out that way. They no, did, they did right. what they always do. They gave it to us, and in particular, game three. <clears throat> game three, they just absolutely bullied New South Wales, and they didn't stand up for themselves. Yeah, so. I made a point of watching that game on Friday. We had a rained-out session. At school and the rugby league boys wanted to watch game three. There's a lot of Queensland fans, weirdly, <clears throat> um, in Western Sydney in terms of our young rugby league players. So, yeah, put that game on. <clears throat> it was uh, up until about half time. It was pretty close, but Queensland came out in the second half and put a couple of early ones on, and that was that was all she wrote. They mm. certainly bashed us, though. But, yeah, they, I think it's the, the, the neutral game's always the one, and, you know, this is the... I guess perceived commas, neutral. neutral games. So. Well, the, the only real upside. Isn't I think we, you know, you lose, you lose here. Good luck winning game two yeah. in, at Suncorp. Said as much the other day, and a few people asked me what I thought, and I said the exact same thing. If we lose this one, I have no confidence heading into game two mm. to close it out at Suncorp. Um, the other thing about mm. it, I guess, the one upside here compared to Melbourne, and it's been mentioned a bit this week. It was perceived to be 10, 11 degrees down there, potentially a wet track. Well, not perceived to be. It is. It's, yeah, cold it's game. going to be 22 apparently on Wednesday unless something changes. Nice dry track, fast, and with the guys that we've picked in particular in our halves and the way you, you think they're going to play, if he's picked these Penrith guys for that reason, they're going to move the football. Yeah, and he's picked. Then you look at Cherry Evans, Munster, and Grant. They're just as good at it. Yeah, they're going to try and move the footy. I think it's a bit, that's been overstated. Well, I think, anyway, I think the yeah. other thing, it's a little overstated. It's all well and good to pick a lot of these good individuals, but it can't just be free reign. There's got to be some sort of order about how we play. Like, I keep hearing, look at the individual talent we got. we got Tom, we got Jake, we got Latrell. But with all those mouths to feed, people have to buy into their role and do their job. Yeah, but it's also, you you pick and cherry-pick the Panthers players out, and they, they play a completely different it's attacking tight. style to the majority of other NRL teams. Yeah, so, they, they don't play... Well, Cleary plays as middle service with two a fullback on one edge and, a I guess, a half on the other edge. Uh, it's it's a bit technical to explain, but uh, you know I don't think New South Wales adopted it last year. Whether Brad Fittler's gone away and thought, well, if I'm going to pick, you have to Cleary, hear maybe that's why he's yeah. picked Luai. Luai. But 
Tedesco isn't that Dylan Edwards style fullback who's happy to sort of swing and, and be a bit player. Not a bit player, that's not the right word, but just fall in as a part of that system. He's very much a, a, a guy who wants to be around the ball. So, you know, whether whether he can work in with that or not, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how Freddie sort of tries to mould in the Penrith style with the the other players because they don't have a lot of, lot of time to prepare. Yeah. Um, well, and to pick Luai sort of leans over to that they're going to lean that way and and I play that style. So I think the other thing is well, they do that a lot of the other clubs don't. They don't waste plays. They load they and go play, again. Yeah. They just go bang, bang. Penrith aren't one of these teams that set up for one shot or have three to a spot and then we'll go again or, you know, we might have two here and have a shot and then we might get a second shot. Penrith are constantly moving the point of attack. And with Yo in yeah, there... Yeah, but they're, they're always in shape. They yeah. always, from wherever there's a play the ball, Penrith are aware of what shape they should be running. Mm. And they've got players, bodies in motion, players that are options, but Yo, as we said even the other day, going back to the point of having all these gun individuals and everyone get their hands on the football, it has to be guided by those three players in particular. The link is Yo, like they have a club. Yeah, he's got that pass. You've got Luai. You've got Cleary. You can't have Jake, then jumping in playing that James Graham sort of role where he meanders kind of on the line and plays out the back. You can't be you know rotating Tommy in all the time. And they're talking about the trolls passing ability. If we've got all these guys that want to be a chief, it's not going to work. Yeah, black. That's more what I'm saying. With all this individual talent we've got, it has to fit in obviously with a certain way that I play. Last year, like you mentioned, that most people overlooked, Kiri and Cleary didn't work. We had two chiefs. Yeah, and it didn't work. This year, obviously, he's injured. They've picked his partner. The way they play at club, you've got Yo. I'm surprised they didn't go the whole hog for Arpi, but given previous series performances by Cook, he's got the runs on the board, so he's getting a crack game one. If they lay a good platform for him going back to our middles and our rotation, I have no doubt he can probably play a good game here because the middles that he's got at club who haven't been playing as well, he's got an outstanding opportunity here playing off the back of Safidi, Haspaul off the bench, Yo's leg speed, and, and what we've got coming in that regard. So I think he's a huge, not, I wouldn't say question mark, and I, I think the other thing at times at club, his service this year I don't think has been as great. So with the way, like you're saying, that Penrith like to play and get nice and wide and moving the football in the point of attack, he's going to have to be on point there because hmm. that's one thing that not only Coruscant manipulates a lot better and works the ruck over and holds players up, but his service is better than Damien Cook's on a consistency basis. And even Benji Marshall, as much as he jokes at times, has literally said multiple times that he sledged Damien Cook about his service. Mm. So I think that's a key factor into helping those guys in the spine. Um, similar deal about incorporating players, like on the right-hand side there. They're talking, you know, they're going to get Tom at the back and this, that, they're like, I just hope they don't overcomplicate things because we've picked all these really mm. good guys at club. I really hope they don't overcomplicate things. Yeah. Um, I've got confidence with what's on and the field. Unless he's more. Exactly. And, you know, if, if you do a good job in the middle and you get things going, I have no doubt they'll get good ball. In particular, Luai Luttrell, I'm interested to see that combination on the left. Like, he does great at club football generally with Kikau, Crichton, Burton, etc. whoever he's had on that edge. And been able to take advantage and get early ball or create opportunities there because he's a danger uh, running-wise as well. But if we can get a roll on our left-hand side as well with those guys and Fox on the outside and Teddy sweeping there, I have no doubt, linking up, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, but it all starts with that middle getting that roll on, getting Cook going, which gets Teddy hanging around the ball, and like I said, just not too many cooks. Jake, just do that job, plug away, tackle, run, maybe tip ons with your forwards, that bit of push. But like, there's got to be one link man, and it's got to be a, it's not Jake in this game. Um, and the right hand side, obviously, 
years gone, we've I wouldn't say we've underutilized it, but for the most part, we haven't seemingly gone that way. But I think now that Nathan is that dominant figure and uh, we've kind of incorporated that system, he's got Tom over there. We have to do a better job of playing both sides of the field. The first few sort of years he's been in there, it seems like we've been completely left-sided and sort of, you know, that side's just wore the brunt defensively and done a lot of work there and tried to absorb what Queensland's doing. But, um, yeah, i got great confidence that if we can win that middle battle and unlock Tedesco and Teddy and, uh, sorry, and Cook and get things rolling, that we can get to these edges, play both sides of the field and hopefully get those Panthers boys sort of playing, as you were saying, uh, how they like to play at club football and using those weapons they've got around them, their, their ball running ability. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're perceivably, I'd be interested to see that matchup with Gagai and Tom at times. Like Gagai is very, very dangerous in terms of what he does in attack, but you can get him defensively. Munster uh, at club sometimes, not the best defender. For feeder, uh, I wouldn't say he's the best 80 minute player. So if they can cycle and get that, there's some definite weaknesses that you can expose on that edge of the field. Nathan, no doubt, will challenge inside shuttle for feeder if he gets lazy. They'll run plenty of traffic at Munster. Uh, you know, Murray's got that footwork there. I think, in particular, in that cycle with someone like a Fafita, who's more explosive than he is consistent over 80 minutes, is someone uh, that I'd be looking to get at and get some traffic going to. There, middle, no doubt we're going to go after Harry Grant. Much like Munster hasn't played football in a month, you want to test him out early. Get Sikhi no cover. Mm. And like get... Brimson's not going to play. Nah, not huge minutes nine. at nine if he has to go there. Uh, the other side of the field, Latrell Catewell brought up again, like Gufson last year, attack and defensively, really struggled there. I think it's not going to be the physical side defensively that Latrell struggles with. It may be decision-making, but in attack, you'd love to see that matchup. A guy that is, you know, a good mover, but compared to Latrell in attack, if we get early ball in space, I think that's also another matchup that really suits New South Wales if you can win that middle of the field. Coates on his outside as well uh, at times. I know Brisbane's probably not the best place to be learning how to defend. I'm sure he'll be much better next year at Melbourne, but he's someone at the moment that doesn't know if he's Martha or Arthur half the time on his decision. So if we can pull that edge apart and get Fox and Latrell some good football, I think there's definitely some room to get some points. Yeah, I would agree. Um, how Jack gets in the game you brought up the other day, I don't know. That's one thing I was looking at. Looking at the bench, I can easily see what we're doing with our two front rowers. I could see Martin potentially playing as a lock, or if they want to roll Sims off or Murray off, he might get a, a, ro- a run on the edge, or they push one of those guys in and take a middle, etc. I'm still a little bit iffy as to how they'll use Martin, but Jack, similar to you, like, do you think they'll consider just throwing him in the middle, that lock? Or they might have to. Put him in an edge and taking one of those guys off like a Tarek and saying, we just want you to you know, go nuts for, say, 60, 65 minutes. But using- or is he just insurance for yeah, exactly. Luai not working? So, well, that's the other thing I don't think you'd want to do. If you've picked him, I think you have to stick with him. But we, we did it with Cody the other year, and I thought that was horrendous. Or is he just insurance for an injury from Anywhere. one to set, one to yeah, one to yeah. seven? So I don't know. You could throw him on, I guess, on the edge, edge back row. Mm. You could throw him out there and push Cam Murray to thirteen. That'd be, you know, probably probably the one little interchange that I think Freddie might have up his sleeve mm. will be that. Think. Cleary's kicking game, obviously huge. Luai's pretty good with the short kicking game, but we know where all the long kicking's coming from. He's been outstanding at club this year. Uh, similar to Daly, Cherry Evans, who's really, really good on that side of things. Some of the early kicks and front-loading their energy, their defensive efforts, isolating somebody at the back there. I think Coates in particular with attacking kicks, as big as he is, he's got an error in his game. He's someone you can try and work on. 
Uh, his kick, he's obviously going to be a massive, massive part of what we do. I think it'll be kick timing as well. I, yeah. Out of yardage, I'll be kicking a lot on play four and just trying to move the ball down to the other end of the field. 100%. And we rather talked, than having those outside backs catch on the full and bring back. Yeah. And what you spoke about multiple times when we talk about defence, I think having two guys that don't defend in the front line and some new combinations there, it's very important that they're positive and not static on the edges. If we're doing a good job, middle's getting off hard, working hard from the inside to help our outside men, but just up and up, square like Latrell Tom, no one biting in, no one coming in off their line or getting too tight. Like We need to be real positive on our edges. Yeah. Because we saw the other year with Latrell and... That was the whole hoo-ha here about would he play Origin again, which Fred, we said this before, is not that kind of person that's going to stamp someone's books. But that game that he played before he got dropped, he was all over the shop. Mm. He was coming in tight. He was jumping inside his inside defender and crossing paths. He was leaving space, missing tackles. Like I said, with him and Tom there, I just hope early on we're very, very positive, getting a bit of help there. Like, Nate's a great defender outside Tom, so I'm sure that's going to be positive. But, you know, Tarek, Luai, Latrell, that edge there, just... Up square, up hard, cut down time and space, and hopefully inside help comes as well. Mm. So early on, they can get some confidence, maybe get a couple of tackles under their belt. We don't have to worry about that. But uh, yardage as well. Toto has proven this year that he's one of the best in the business in that regard. Yeah, well, let's see how that translates to origin. That's it. We're going to see that. All these 200-meter games, tackle breaks. Teddy, we know, does a great job just working out of yardage. Fox puts himself on the line, but I guess, again, another upside of having Latrell and Tom, two big bodies. So hopefully they... Find some carries as well. Yeah, and get, it around. Get him behind so we, we utilize that skill. And, you know, people would say, why do you want to use him as a battering round? Well, that's not specifically, but in this arena in particular, when you've got those guys, we've got four or five really good players there at the back that we can utilize and rotate through that sort of setup. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, don't have much more to offer, Boxhead. I don't know about you, but. I guess on, on that side, we know what Queensland is. Simple is best. They'll do the little things right. Munster and Cherry Evans will be the focal points. Harry Grant will try and probe, and those bench guys will come in and do their job. But my biggest worry is exactly what we just spoke about. We're talking about, look at this lineup, look at the talent everyone's talking about. It. I hope Freddie just goes with less is more, and people do their job. And the main focus is getting a roll on, dominating with those middles we've got, not getting pushed around, and let the Penrith boys steer the side and use those weapons that we've got in the team. Yeah. So... Prediction time. What have you got? I'm going Queensland. Uh, yep. By how many? Oh, it'll be close, I think. Two, four. Somewhere around there. I'll, say I'll be just backing either side to buy Queensland less than six and a half. By four. Who is your first try score? Everyone likes to pay on that. Uh, really? I hate first try We always scores. do this. It's just for a lash. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm more yeah. of an any time person, but we always do it. Origin and Grand Finals is SDN. Um... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, God, monster. Money. And man of the match. Who do you see? Game one. Townsville. Monster. The money double. 
and the games that have been played said he's 90% today. <laughs> uh, you got to love it. If you believe what comes out of his mouth. Well, I already said it last week. Melbourne confirmed that he wasn't going to camp if he wasn't good to go. So Melbourne basically made it all but certain that he was going to camp because he's able to play. Dan guys apparently got tonsillitis. They're playing all the same silly bugs they usually yeah, do. Yeah, but we'd listen. So, Just don't listen. Pay it no attention. That's always good for us. Uh, I'm nervous because it's up there, and that obviously makes a huge difference, but I think we have to win. So I'm going to go... That doesn't New- mean we will. No, I know that, but I'm going New South Wales because I think this... Seen all this, seen it before. I just, I'm a firm believer, and I say this every year. I tip whoever is the home team. That's it. And this is supposed to be a neutral game. It's not. I think it's even Stevens. Uh, I, I really struggle to split them, but it's going to be an absolute um, Queensland fest up there. It'll be yeah. mayhem. You can argue all this shit about it's a dry track, it'll suit New South Wales. Queensland have got just as many attacking players in their um, side to cause New South Wales problems. 100%. I think they'll get the rub of the green in terms of the referees. Um, yeah, that's just the way I'm, I'm leaning. I, I hope Queensland get flogged by 50, but I'm, I always tip the home team in origin. I think that's just how it is. Well, I'm going New South Wales by six. Going to go Fox for first try. And I'm going to go Teddy for man of the match. I think after getting knocked out in game three last year, he's going to want to have a huge impact game one. I think, I think if New South Wales win, Cleary will be man of the yeah, match. Yeah, I was about to say otherwise it would be Cleary. And that's probably, I'm assuming they're probably going to be the two most popular picks with bluebet.com, who obviously, as we speak about every week, are our sponsor and on with the board with the charity bet for the Bears of Hope account. So a big thanks to bluebet.com.au. Jump on board the website, join up with bluebet.com or download the app today. And they have an absolute corker promo, which I'll mention for Origin 1. But going to the odds now, as we've just given our tips and our predictions, head-to-head, Queensland $2.40. So with your tip there, bit of value. They are the outsider with Bluebet, New South Wales, $1.57. I wouldn't be betting Queensland. I'd be betting either team by less than six and a half. Mm. Well, the line now is four and a half either way. One to 12, Queensland, $3.55. For New South Wales, one to 12, $3. 13 plus Queensland, five eighty. New South Wales is $3.15. Getting into some try scorers. First try scorer, I've gone the Fox. Obviously, that left-hand side. Here's the favorite of everyone. $8.50, no surprise. All the wingers in the group there. Toto, nines. 11s for Coates, Felt. Uh, Tedesco, 12. Tommy, 13. Val at 12 as well. Luttrell, 13. And who'd you have here? you got Munster. If Munster was the one to crash over first, he'd get 23 bucks on that edge of the field. So a bit of value in some of those guys there. And we always talk about the back rows. Is there a man of the match market? Here it is. As you just said, no surprise. Those three guys we just talked about, Nathan Cleary is the far and away the favourite. $5.50 with Blue Bet. James Tedesco is six fifty, and after that, Cameron Munster, seven fifty, And then the next closest starts at double digits with the two other spine players for Queensland. Cherry Evans is $10, $11 for Harry Grant, $13 for Cook, $15 for Luai. So, as always, spine players, uh, the lowest odds, but in particular... The three guys in, that I think could have the biggest impact, Munster obviously on the Queensland side, but for New South Wales, it's clear in Tedesco. Yeah. And they are the two favourites in the betting here. And again, probably those prices showing how urgent it is that they have those big games and have that impact on this series. 
because otherwise going to Suncorp game two, we've said it again, and I hate saying as a New South Welshman, but it is just different going to there for a game of football. Yeah, it is. I don't care what anyone's... And it, it absolutely hurts me. In the last few years, New South Wales has been better at home, but it's just not the same. They are absolutely rabid the few times we've been there. Mm. And it's not been a happy hunting ground as a New South Wales fan. But as we spoke... because they've got no dignity in Queensland. They've got no... Uh, That's all. Uh, classic. There's no line in terms of appropriate and inappropriate behaviour. Outstanding. It's just all accepted up there. It's from right. <laughs> origin. It's it's... Gonna, come on, mate. Come at me. I'm just going to drop a truth bomb. It's absolute mayhem. It is outstanding. I remember mate. the first the first time I went and we got flogged. It was Lockyer's last game. I was at the decider and there was a bird with a bloke. They probably mid-20s sitting in front of us. I had my blues jersey on and this bird had a G-string hanging out of her jeans by about 15 centimetres Excellent. And she's turning around and absolutely giving me the finger. <laughs> the bird, every time they scored, screaming. And, like, I was about to choke out the, the bloke. He wouldn't turn around. He was he was shit scared. But, mate, she um she absolutely pillaged me the whole night. Good-looking sort, too. But, Excellent. Mate, Queenslander, just absolute maniac. Gave you a serve or ten. Yeah, with the G-banger hanging, hanging out of the jeans and it's all, it's all just about. flipping birds. Outstanding. So unbelievable, yeah. And then I remember that was my first. I was like, what is going on here? That day we got laced at the Caxon, and then every time someone bumped in, you yeah, who are you going for? You say New South Wales, you just cop a mouthful. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Friendly place, the Caxon. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit overrated. <laughs> it's just a pub. Like, fuck, yeah. It was, there was a million people in there. It was good, good atmosphere, but yeah, it's in the end, it's just drinking all wherever that everyone goes to. It's near the stadium. It's no different to the brewery at. Um, at home, we'll share. Fair enough. Anyway, but there you go. In depth origin. They're just maniacs. That's all. And and that's not that's not attacking Queenslanders. That, that, I reckon they'd like that. They love it. They're maniacs. They absolutely fucking love it. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. The few times we've been, I didn't enjoy the result of the games. But they think Queensland's a country. Like look at Anastasia Palaszczuk. Lock them out. She's a moron. It was great. She's looking for some cabbage from New South Wales. She goes, yeah. And then got- now all of a sudden she's got cash to. Spend what eight million on an yeah. Origin game? Good on you, Anastasia. Well, like we said at the start, what first, does she fucking care? She just got voted back in anyway. So first it was kick everybody out. We don't want you here. Oh, then as soon as the Origins and everything became available in the season last year, and the like, fact yeah, she gets re-elected here. just tells you everything you know to, need to know about Queensland. <laughs> well, that's all. There's a, there's a lot here for Queenslanders to absorb. Yeah, good. <laughs> Brock is throwing down. I've tipped, I've tipped Queensland, so yeah. Blow it out your ass. Blow it out your ass. But there you go. In-depth origin game one preview between New South Wales and Queensland. Up there at Townsville should be an absolute belt up. Are we going to talk about Cleary Gate? Are we going to talk about the pillaging he got? We're going to talk about a few Tigers. things before we finish up. I'll like say a quick look at those games as well. But everything and that preview and the odds brought to you by bluebet.com. Jump on board with the Get best promo. True Blue bookie and uh, the app. Download the Bluebet app today and that promo coming through here from my man Simon who sent it through and I think it's just coming out tonight Sunday night $3 you get for Josh Adokar or Valentine Holmes to score at any time just one try either of those two and, uh, at any time is that $50 max bet yeah well I'll be having 50 on it yeah I'll be as well because I reckon that should be our charity bet oh I don't know if we've got a charity bet beforehand what do you mean well, I think it comes in maybe before the Origin round. Ah, I might have to. We'll, we'll surely we get one for Origin. I'll, come on, Simon. I'll jump on to Simon. Come on, Simon. See if we can come get on, Blue Bet. Something for the, the charity. Get it in early. We'll take the promo. 
Yeah. 50 bung on that. Nah, we should get a but we should get an extra bet for the origin, surely. Well, we'll see what we can do. Come I'm on, Simon. He listens, it'll be out tonight, but blue bet, cracker promo, as we said there, for game one, $3 you get for Josh Adokar or Valentine Holmes to score any time in game one. So get on board with that. Get on the blue bet. Was it much? I have Something. no idea. Again, you should ask Simon. Yeah, You've be, got the email. I'll be... No, Again, no. I'm, not, be, I'm not CC'd in that, mate. You were in the original one. Yeah, well, that, how long ago was that? I don't know, a couple of weeks. I'll delete my emails. What's a couple of weeks? you got problems. Months ago, mate. Should be in there. No, it's not months ago. It's not months ago, mate. But there you go. Origin 1, around the corner, thanks to bluebet.com. And uh, you want to talk about Cleary Gate and a couple other things? Here's your opportunity. Cleary Gate, what's your thoughts? I thought it was dog shit. Getting fingers. Oh, and... I thought it was good that he copped it. Yeah. Because you should cop it. And he did he blow the kisses. kisses and all yeah. that. That's, that's all good. And he did leave. But it was more the Tigers fans thinking they fucking won a grand final. Like, you beat Penrith, yeah. who had eight out. And you're carrying on like fucking pork chops. You won two games in a row. Like, fair income. I, I thought it was just a bit over the top. I didn't have an issue with him giving it to Cleary, though. No. Nah, and know. Ivan probably knew that was coming anyway. Oh, so. He smiled in his press yeah. conference afterwards. I think he said as much. It. it was good. I liked it. And That's it. That's my review of that game. The way it Penis was horrible. The way it was analysed even afterwards, I was surprised. People were talking like, you know, they got this and that, and this might be a problem. It's like, there's fucking eight blokes missing. Yeah, the Tigers aren't in the eight. Like, like what, why are we analysing this game like it's some huge blight on Penrith? Like, and yeah. oh, the streak's over. I'm like, well, not legitimately, it's not over. It's not. Like, it's Beat over. Penrith's best team. Yes, but it was literally yeah. half the team. The yet. streak's not over. So, a couple of debutants, the second gamer. Uh, you know, you got May, who's basically played bugger all minutes this year and all at half most of last year. Who... We take a bit of the credit. Manny started the slide the week before. Started the slide. We knocked off the New South Wales Cup, but that was actually their legitimate team. Mm. So, and speaking of Tigers, while we're on the subject, I, I guess similar to you, I had no problem with that and uh, whatever. But there's been some reports today they've got to look into something happened with the crowd. Apparently, there was a bit of extra abuse dished out, and some people had cans thrown at etc. Like, yeah, you, you never know what's going to come of that, but like it's been looked into. So, fire up, they got well rowdy. Looked like it was yeah, a good they time. They play the victim well, the Tigers, don't they? The victim, it's the Penner fans that said they had cans thrown at them, yeah, so. but that's what, yeah, but. They're carrying on like pork chops, and it's like, come on. Well, they've certainly not let go of Cleary leaving, that's for sure. No. Still like, move on. Thing. It's done now. Like, and his, his decision has been justified, because the Tigers are outside the eight. Penrith are flying. Mm. Can't argue with them. Speaking anyway. of the Tigers, Tim Sheens announced. He's back. Yesterday, he's returned to the club. He's the head of football. There's a few changes going on in the back background at the West Side. I saw something the other day. Was it a guy that was from Australian cricket? And yeah, he's Brett Kamali as well. Kamali's going to come in on a part-time basis, I think. I think I saw those two names. So what's the, that's all for what pathways? And yeah, development? apparently, yeah. Tim but Shane's probably a really good sounding board, I think, for Michael Maguire. But he's got no experience in that role. Nah, well, a lot of big. It's one thing to be a coach. It's another thing to be an administrator. Hasn't he done it's something not, in England like that, though? Didn't they give him a job at Hull KR? I don't, KR or I don't know. I'm pretty sure he got a job. I'm pretty similar. sure he was coaching. I think he was, but I think he took a job similar to that afterwards, okay. or for a little bit. I don't know how it panned out. Anyone in the Super League, let us know. You pay more attention to the Super League than not I do. Sure. I haven't watched one Super League game this year. But uh, I'm pretty sure he did have a similar kind of role. But coming back, um, his coaching tree is huge. We know all the guys that he had who are now in the NRL on his knowledge and what he does, I think, if anything, it's just an, a, a good sounding board because, we, as mentioned before, as far as assistance and what Madge has got around him and who to help him there, I think Tim Sheens is certainly a, a huge plus in that regard yeah. to go talk footy with or get some ideas or have around the club. And in regards to recruitment, 
and retention. I know there's probably some guys out there who are maybe a little bit younger, know a lot about Tim Shane's history, but there's definitely some people who are, I guess if they were uh, getting involved in that process now, you'd have to utilise him, surely. Yeah. He won a comp there. He's won comps at Canberra. He's been the Australian coach. He's an absolute legend. So I think there's some positive moves being made at the West Tigers, but that one, hopefully another positive move for them moving forward. Yeah. And uh, what else we got here? An unfortunate incident, which you don't want to see after getting cleared, uh, you know, last year with what happened with the police on Australia Day to Curtis Scott and having a couple of, you know, tumultuous few years and getting moving on from Melbourne and not playing great footy and coming down to Canberra and, and getting kind of past all that. There's some footage released this afternoon that apparently yeah. he went out last night or the night before in Kokomo's and he's cracked a bloke in the face. So uh, said that no charges were laid and police are not involved. I don't know if, if that's the case and nothing's going to happen in that regard, but it's been passed under the Integra unit, which has now been uh, you know, notified and with Canberra. And again, we say it every week. Just we need things to be quiet out of Canberra, and it seems that every week something comes out. Uh, season it's, seems to be a write off, doesn't it? It's just going you know, from yeah. bad to worse to. And for Curtis Scott as well, you know, to get past all that drama and be found <clears throat> innocent and, and how he was treated was awful. And a few harsh years, this is the last thing he needs either. Because yeah. you think getting past all that, just football and totally hopefully good things moving forward, and then this incident's popped up. So uh, we'll see what comes of it. But again, things you don't want to see, no. that's for sure. Uh, anything else that we sort of missed in the mix I don't know if we said the other night about the, the meeting that the Sharks had about telling Josh Dugan Sean Johnson Aaron Woods they can all move on mm. and Craig Fitzgibbon starting to make some moves there obviously got Nico Hines coming in they're talking to Matt Moylan for a year and they're trying to keep Trindle as well they've obviously got Tracy so a couple of guys they've got options for but seems as though they're not going to panic buy or overpay anyone they're happy with what Moylan does to potentially pirate with Nico Braley and Kennedy for a year and then jump in the, the year after when the market opens up massively. There's Cherry Evans, Sam Walker and a lot of big names the year after. Uh, McInnes has been completely forgotten about that he was signed before Fitzgibbon obviously come on board to come help their middle next year. But Sean Johnson, he's been linked to multiple clubs. People have wondered why Brisbane haven't inquired. Could they pair him up with Reynolds? The Bulldogs apparently have a meeting with him this week now to partner up with Burton. You could do a lot worse. Canberra were linked as soon as George Williams left. Where do you see Sean Johnson? Right, I guess the one thing for him is him and his manager aren't budging on money. Yeah, he's still got value. But the he... reason they won't budge is because he can go play rugby union. Well, go and play union then. That's so... fine. Because he doesn't deserve high-end money because he's not playing up to it. So mm-hmm. that that's where I see jo- Sean Johnson. I think he's got value, but at the right price. That would yeah. be my well, I take think... on it. With Cronulla before things broke down, or injuries, he's now getting on. Fitzgibbon made his decision, which was they weren't going to entertain it regardless. Uh, I think he wanted six hundred a year, two seasons. Mm. But if I'm a bottom four club, I'm steering away from him because, like, you're probably going to have to pay good wedge to get him. And the, I know the Sharks aren't a bottom four side, but they're certainly not a top eight side, are they? Any. He's struggling to get them around the park. So I I think it, it would be smart for someone up the top end to try and get him at a at a good price. Well I said to lot. plug him in with someone who is going to be able to do the things and shore up the limitations in Sean Johnson's game. Well, again, rather than going somewhere where he's gonna to have to run the ship himself and all those things are gonna get exposed. At the Bulldogs, there's no forward pack at the moment. And again, we're still waiting to see guys get signed. Does he work with Burton? I'm, I'm sure he could help Burton out. What about the Raiders? Well, the Raiders is the one that you look at and think, well, if you put him with Jack and he steers that ship and they've 
obviously get things back on track. God knows what's going on there, but the perceived thing coming into this season, and I was one of them, was the forward pack's outstanding, and they've got depth in that area, and if you had a good seven and a six, which they we thought they did before this situation panned out, and Hodgson fitting back in, that things would be all good. So I think of all locations, like you've just said, one that I think could turn things around or go in a positive direction, that yeah. was one that I'd be looking at. Brisbane I'd be steering clear of. Even with him and Reynolds, I still think there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I don't really think that's the best landing spot. The Bulldog situation would be purely for money, I think. I think he could help Burton, but again, there's no forward pack. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned today South Sydney. I'm like, well, South Sydney flicked Reynolds. There you go. That, that'd be... Just signed six kids, like all those kids we mm. talked about, Mazoulis, Ilias, Taff, etc. I think they're planning elsewhere. And again, I don't. I come back to the point again that I made. He's not going to budge on money. And if money's his priority, you don't want him. Go to rugby. Go to rugby, play Jack rugby, get what the money you can. If that's all you want, I don't want Sean Johnson. Yeah. So, but the fact that they're talking that that's a big part of it and he won't... Buckle for anything else goes back to why. I've spoken about Sean Johnson for a, a long few time. years ago. I talked about the Warrior situation. Like, it wasn't ideal who they brought in, but for him to go there playing poorly and say before the season, like, I want this deal done now, I want a million dollars, it's like, I don't blame the Warriors in the end for doing what they did. Move on. They just said, find the door. Um, Aaron Woods, you think he's got value somewhere? Uh, yeah, again, at the right price. He was asked today about going back to the Tigers and said that he's never had an issue and always still love the club and still watch from afar. Do you think that's someone that could look at him again? The Bulldogs again, he's already been there for the right price, is there? Yeah, I, like, I think he could add value somewhere like the Dogs. Or Definitely. if not, again, one of these better clubs, you think, again, if, if you want, I think some of these guys, if you've made big money, which he has, if you've played rep football, if you get to the back end, I know it's a limited window, but I'd just be selling myself to a top club. I'd be going to someone and going, look, I've made six, seven hundred thousand. I've got the rep payments of thirty grand, ninety grand a series. However many, twenty five thousand every game I've played for Australia, etc. I've made money. What's my value on the market right now? It's definitely not there. It might be four hundred, five hundred at the bottom sort of club. I'll go play for Roosters or Storm or anyone that's willing to take me in that regard for three hundred for a season or two fifty and try and win a premiership. It doesn't happen very often, but the Morrises did it. Um, obviously still playing good football when they went there and they could have gone other places for more money. But at the back end, if you've made money and you just want to win or you're looking to win a competition, I I think if you've made good money, like surely you want to win a competition. You would think so. Mm. And Josh Dugan, similar deal. Like He's made huge money. I don't know where he ends up. Would he be valuable for someone? Yes, at the right price. He's definitely not going to be on 800000 or anything close to that again. Mm. Half of that would be... A surprise given just commitment injuries like where he's hit like you just don't know I have no idea where he's going to end up but similar deal if you're at a point where you've made massive money your whole career if you want to win a competition I'd be selling myself at a lower price to go somewhere to try and get that opportunity so interesting one there uh, in regards to those three guys but we'll quickly run through the short round which was played out Dragons Broncos absolute bloodbath it was their seventh halves pairing um, they got absolutely shredded 52 to 24. They led 18 12 at one point after young Rabati in his second game, scored a double, and Kelly had some nice touches and it looked like they were back in it. And then before you know it, it 34 unanswered points. They just got absolutely pulled apart by the Dragons. Yeah, that's, that's your view. Benny Hunt, really good. Everyone's going on about the Dufty side of things. What's your opinion on that? Yeah. He's, he's a good player, but. They're obviously they've seen enough. Like he's he's been there for long enough to cement his spot. He's been in and out. Like I know he's playing good at the moment, but it's probably the change would be good for him as well. So they've obviously got their sights set on Ramsey playing one. 
and that's that's the direction they're going. So move on. Mm. Yeah, well, he's good. He's a, he's an NRL player, no doubt about 100%. it. So but I think the change would be just as good for him. I'm similar to you. There's been patches where he's been really good. There's been patches where he's had no impact at all. But I think they're probably looking at the whole picture, which a lot of people aren't. They're just looking at yeah, and what's well, the price? You the try assists and the try like those moments on the weekend. And part of it was when they were short, but it was also against Brisbane. Like, has he ever done that against Melbourne or the Roosters or any of these other really big sides? Have we seen him light up a game like that? Oh. We've also seen games that he really needs things to be going well and on the front foot for getting himself involved because he's a smaller body. He can be bullied at the back sometimes in terms of yardage. He can be bullied under the high ball. He can crab sideways when they don't have a bit of roll on and they don't play from the inside and get kind of caught out defensively. Organising, I don't really know. And the other thing that's been the biggest question, I guess, the whole time is just person. They've been vehement that that's not the situation, but he was dropped by McGregor. Flanagan said he'd have any problems with him. Now Hook's come in and he's moving on from him. Like, yeah, I think there's plenty of options out there. Brisbane have been linked. Canberra a surprise one today in the mix after Clockstad's injury that they think they might be able to get some value. But I heard that the first asking price at the Dragons was very high. And fullback's obviously a premium position yeah, these days. He's probably himself out of, out of a spot there. There's also a lot of clubs that don't need a fullback. It's one of those things right now where a lot of the good clubs or the top-end clubs are pretty much sorted in that position. So, I don't know where he ends up, but Brisbane, I think, are an option. The Bulldogs would be an option. It'd be a lot cheaper than Dallin if they can offload him. Would you take him to the Gold Coast? Would you consider Brimson moving no, in? No. No? You wouldn't want him? No. The Raiders won't surprise me, but yeah, I think Bulldogs and a couple of those teams, Brisbane, certainly could do with some help there. Uh, Bird in the back row wasn't bad, and yeah, for Brisbane, like I said, there wasn't a lot to take out of the night. Uh, missing Coates... Haas and the Dragons have still got a swag of players missing as well from injury and suspension. Didn't expect it to be that lopsided, to be honest. I thought it was going to be closer. Yeah, we've spoken too long about it. Good result. Shit game. Tigers-Panthers, we talked about a little bit before, but um, how could you be surprised with eight players out and in particular losing your spine, your link man, majority of your forward pack and having a bunch of debutants and guys that haven't played a lot of footy. Uh, The Tigers got stuck in it. Full house, rowdy. Tried to load up in yardage and, and beat them up. A lot of the football and the pressure was on Burton. There wasn't a lot happening on his inside. So every time he got the football, generally, defenders had come across. There was no numbers. A lot of the early ball to the outsides struggled. And uh, I thought a few of the senior guys weren't as good as what they probably could be. I, I thought Burton was all effort and tried his ass off. Edwards tried, like Kenny tried. And in particular, Robert Jennings in his first game for the year was really good as well. But Fisher-Harris was the standout again. They all tried, I but they were missing like, their key orchestrators. It was always going to be a tough night for them. Yeah. West Tigers were good. Penrith were well below even what you expected them to be. Yeah, Tyron May yeah. really struggled in the halves. Uh, they <clears> ran... West Tigers also had a few tries against the run of play. Yeah, there was, was a couple disallowed for Penrith, so it wasn't as one-sided as the score suggests. Big turning point was the missed kick for touch. Penrith score on that Burton cop. I didn't think Burton knocked him over on purpose. I thought Burton was going in for the football. Yeah. So that one to me is a 50-50. Went their way, obviously, and um, yeah, got the deflection off the kick, got the penalty try, which is the real big talking point for me. Did you, what was your thoughts on that? Because if to me, if that decides, I don't think it was a penalty. A try, finals no. game or an Origin game or a grand final, you'd be absolutely pissed. Yeah, because he went for the football, he popped it out, he barely clipped him, and then we've seen one in the group today where someone said, "Well, Brandon Smith last night lowered his target and scored, and he got hit in the head." I'm like, "Well, again, it's it's just another grey area we've opened up right now." And a couple of weeks ago. It's all great. Sims popped Manu on their face and it was as bad as Radley's or a couple of the other ones we'd seen a week prior, but because he was going for a try, there was nothing mentioned about it. So, yeah, I think uh, for the Tigers, two in a row, 
Brooks, Laurie, a couple of those guys there getting a bit of continuity in the spine, but Mbaya might be injured. Uh, good result for them, I guess. Just more so you get Penrith at that situation. It's a, almost not a free two points, but it's the best opportunity you're ever going to get to get two points against the Panthers. For them, just flush it. Uh, I think the biggest thing we spoke about this, man, you off air during the week, for the origin period to me, any game after origin, I wouldn't make anyone back up. <clears throat> I'd roll the kids out. I'd play the week after off rest and all my focus is about winning the comp. Yeah. Not about streaks and winning games. and get. I'd just get to this period, manage their loads, make sure we're healthy so we can get on a run at the back end of the year. Um, so this weekend, backing up, I don't see many. See what happens. But we'll have to wait and see. Storm Titans, a lot closer than I expected. Started a bit scrappy, but just before half time, got to 16-4 and thought Storm might go on with things, but Titans showed a lot of grit. Yeah, it was a scrappy game. Titans had their chances. Melbourne were okay, I suppose, but both sides were undermanned. Yeah. Thought uh, Titans should, probably should have drawn it up at the end there, but three or four Sammy chances. fucking doesn't know how to pass. No, nah, they had multiple chances. Or Brian chances, Kelly though. doesn't know how to pass, sorry. No, nah, his one was probably even more glaring. Like the, the semi one. To execute's one thing, but Kelly literally had 10 metres of space and just a pass on the outside and yeah. could have been all tied up. And then with the 12 men on the field, they bombed a few chances and Melbourne scrambled and held on after Remus Smith was set. And uh, I guess that's one thing for Melbourne out of this. They're going to lose him for two weeks, I think, regardless of contesting or early guilty play. And Nelson's going to miss a week for a knee that he dropped in and similar deal. It's a week regardless. So I don't know if they go fight either. I doubt they will. Probably just take the guilty play on both, but... Again, missing a lot of key players. The difference was your high-end guys. I thought Brandon Smith was absolutely outstanding for Melbourne again. Hughes had a couple of good moments. and uh, You know, there was a moment or two for some young kids. Trent uh, Lorio in like his third game scored a try and got to start for the first time. Jaden Campbell was outstanding, I thought, coming in from a, from a guy that literally has been elevated from you know COVID, no football, first games of Queensland Cup to how he played last night. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, he was. He was all right. Greg Marzu, formerly known as Greg Lulicio, has had to wait a long time between Parent Titans to get a game. He had some moments as well, scored on debut, but uh, yeah, in the end, I guess the main thing is you want to see that defensive. Melbourne effort. did Melbourne things, Titans did Titan things. That's it. Mm. Titans yeah. find a way to lose, Melbourne find a way to win. And Holbrook Simple. frustrated with his halves, and that's a picture that's still going to be uh, resolved, I guess, moving forward. Yeah. Whether it's Boyd, Sexton, Taylor, I'm assuming will definitely be on the move out of the club. And if they're interested... Well, what, there's another one I didn't mention before. What would you think about Johnson playing the Titans? No. No? Wouldn't want him paired up with Foggy? No, he's, he's just the same as what we've got. We need a, we need a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the game today, absolute bloodbath. One-way traffic. 40-4, to four, the Eels. It's fucking embarrassing. Over the Newcastle Knights. Missing Clemmer, Frizzell, Ponga, Pierce. They've had multiple guys out, but in particular in the middle. Uh, they just got rolled over. Their edge defence, they got pulled apart. They picked apart both sides in particular. The new edge there with Twyla, Clifford, etc. They found a lot of love rolling down there. Gutherson, Moses sweeping down that side, trying to create overlaps and extra numbers. Sevo crashed in a few times. Cartwright grabbed another try off the bench. Uh, you know, the guys that filled in, the, the only player they ended up missing was Paulo. So Murata, Papali, all these guys that have been good all year. Good again. I think the biggest concern for them was they got Marnie back, which was a plus today, but at the end of the game... As you said, it's potentially a, a shoulder injury, but uh, if that turns out to be something long-term, it is not an area they've got a lot of cover in, that's for sure. So a bit of a concern there for uh, Parramatta in that regard. But otherwise, uh, yeah, 
pretty solid all-round performance by all the guys. Brown back in today made a difference. He had some good moments and probably uh, brought the cohesion a bit back. They're a bit more threatening on both sides of the field. Lane made a good impact off the bench. There wasn't really anyone that had, that had a bad day in regards to uh, the Parramatta Eels. So also helps when you complete it over 80%. The opposition completes at 60, mid-60s, and you get the run of possession. And then the other area, up until the back end of the game, which was huge as well, was offloads. They, one point, I think it was 17-0, the offloads from Eels compared to Parramatta. It finished at 19-4, but the amount of second efforts there, broken down play, quick play of the balls, like just opening up spaces and having to make double efforts and break them down. Um, yeah, big concerning for Newcastle today. And probably even more disappointing is the fact that it was old boys day and a lot of troops out regardless. Uh, the effort sort of disappeared after that first 15 to 20 minutes. But in the end, your thoughts was fish chip paper again? Done and dusted? Yeah. I'm smoked? Terrible. Embarrassed on old boys day? Terrible. Yeah, old, boy, old boys day gave me, you know, a glimmer of hope for Newcastle, particularly what they did last week at home against Manly, and then they dish that up. So I worked that out. I, I, I don't get it. There's something deeper going on there. I, yeah, I, I don't know whether it's... They just don't have the cattle. I, I know they've... They're missing Pierce, which is their, their steering wheel. They're missing Ponga, which is their attacking flair. But it's more just around their grit and their defensive resolve. They, they've just got none. There were some tries there today where they just crashed up. Like, blokes are falling over the line. The first try, like, Madison fell over the line. No one got in front of him. Mm. It was embarrassing. Yeah. And again, second phase. Like, I didn't think Parramatta would, you know, that outstanding that they should have won by 40. No, it was a bit of a training run, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, biggest concern, I guess. I'll wait and see about Reed Money because we've got Lussick, Will Smith, a couple of guys that sort of plug in there, but they do not have a Reed, another person to take that spot, mm. which would be a huge concern if it ends up being a long term injury. Well, it's yeah. going to be huge if he's if it's a long term injury. Good luck for Newcastle, Ponga, mm. Pierce. When like I'm still not hearing when they're going to be back. Clemo's obviously suspended. Frizzell's now looking six weeks had surgery. Safidi in there, so they missed their probably their three best forwards today. Um, the troops are hurt, but like you said, there's obviously other stuff going on there that we're not seeing. And it like well, I don't know, that's what it looks like. We'd like to be a fly on the wall and know what's going on at Newcastle, that's for sure. But there you go, that wraps up the short round. And uh, any other little gems to talk about? The massive Origin One preview brought to you by BlueBet.com.au. Make sure you bet with BlueBet.com. Download the app today and get on that promo three dollars anytime try. For either Val Holmes or Josh Adokar with bluebet.com. That's absolutely outstanding. That game Wednesday night. And we'll do a review of Origin 1 and a tips and preview of Round 14. Boxhead either Wednesday night well, after. Straight after the game. Let's just do it. So we'll do a late night special. Do that summary and do our tips for the round ahead. So that'll be out late Wednesday night then. Yeah. Um, and as we'll is try always, and do it to coincide with the press conferences as well. Yeah. See how we go. As we do throughout the Origin series, obviously it doesn't overlap as much anymore. The Sunday game midway is a standalone week, isn't it? Everyone's got the week off. They'll probably have those uh, internationals. That's a, good, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure they're having that standalone week again. <clears throat> they have the internationals, I maybe. Don't, I, don't I, I don't know about that. I doubt they're going to have international games. But, um, well, maybe internally in Australia, I mean, like the guys that are here mm-hmm. playing, not bringing any of the Super League players out for that week. Like I'm they, pretty sure it's just their Wednesdays. I don't no, know, one's I don't a Sunday know for sure. Is it really? Yeah, one's a Sunday again. But I thought when I looked at the NRL draw, there was a week in between. 
Yeah, it is Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday game, and I'm pretty sure there's a gap between the NRL rounds if you go to them. I think so. That might be that standalone weekend again where they yeah, have. 17th of June. So Sunday 20th of June yep. is the end of round 15. Mm-hmm. And Thursday the 1st of July is the start of round 16. So yeah, there's two. Yeah, there's a weekend. Yeah. So might be some other games there. Local, um, internationals, I don't know from the players that are available. but Women's State of Origin. That's sunny coast this year, isn't it? Yeah, Sunshine Coast. That's on the Friday. Yep. So you have Women's Origin, Men's Origin on the Sunday and potentially... Well, what's on the Saturday then? Some internationals maybe. Like in the years prior, they've only brought limited players back from the Super League. There might have been a handful released back, like your Murdoch Masillas or Sikamani come back a few times. But as far as what's available here, if they do have a Tonga Samara or a couple of games there or the PNG side, most of them play at the Queensland Cup there. So you'd think for the most part, if they did have a couple of those games, it wouldn't be a big problem. Most of them are already here. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they are, but yeah, that's standalone weekend. But during the period, as we'll do this the whole way through, we'll do... Preview, reviews, etc. of short rounds, long rounds, and uh, obviously off the back end, if it is, is the Wednesday night, it'll be the same thing again, a review and then a preview of the NRL round ahead. But for now, mate, that wraps us up for the week. We'll do our tips for round 14 when uh, we do the preview on Wednesday night. Yep, for everybody out there, if you're a New South Wales fan or a Queensland fan, looking forward to the game Wednesday night, enjoy 4X or a 2 is new, whichever the side of the fence you're on. Get some pizza, maybe a pasta. Depends what you do. Dirty bucket of KF. Sit in. And we'll get some pizzas here on Wednesday night. And enjoy uh, spaghetti eddies. Hopefully, get ready. A rip snorter of a game. Hopefully, it's an absolute belter, mate. Up there at Townsville, it could be in the Premiership in terms of atmosphere for Origins. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So, looking forward to it, and hopefully, everybody out there, you uh, back a winner. I think uh, that promo that we're offering from Bluebet. Is a good chance, and uh, we'll both be having a bifty dollar bill. So, for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on! Give us more! Give us more! Where are you going? Where? What, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.